Welcome to Is There Kale in My Teeth, the podcast. I'm your host, Rifki Rubinowitz, an interior design trained lifestyle and wellness expert, mom to three girls, and editor of Mitchbacha's Family Room magazine. On each podcast episode, you will meet incredible women who have empowering, entertaining, and educational messages to share with me and with you. Stick around. It's wild and it's raw, just the way we like it. Here we are with an incredible, incredible guest tonight. Hey, Dope. In any case, really happy to see you guys. I know, hasn't it been forever? Thank you for saying that. It really feels like it has. I am not going to tell you who I'm having because I can't wait for you guys to meet her. And then I will tell you a little bit how I met her. Hello. Oh, hi, honey. Well, I'm very looking forward to our conversation. Before we even get to introductions, I like to start off each session um, kind of explaining why we do what we do on this corner of the earth. So this show is called Kale in My Teeth. It is a show I've been hosting for the past two and a half years featuring empowering women discussing their market niche. And it is such an honor to have you on Okay, so for any of Adeletta's followers who are finding me here, I'm going to jump right in. My name is Rifki Rabinowitz. I am an interior design trained lifestyle and wellness blogger, editor of Family Room, and mom of three girls. Adeletta, please tell us <laughs> a little bit about you. I am a lifestyle blogger. I pretty much create content on nine platforms, YouTube, podcast, all the social media networks. You can pretty much find me everywhere. I've been doing this since 2012, so it's going to be just about a decade. So I've seen, I've started with Facebook and Instagram, and now we've gone all the way down to the clubhouse and (laughs) all the new things like TikTok. So it's just been quite a journey, and there's always something to learn. There's always people to meet, and I am really glad that I did jump on clubhouse because I wouldn't have met you otherwise. So it's been an amazing way for us to connect with so many people. So it's really nice that we've been able to do this. I couldn't agree more. So for those who are not familiar with Clubhouse, you might know it to just be um, kind of like the audio platform. So for people like us who really enjoy speaking. uh, (laughs) Talking. Yeah, Clubhouse is um, amazing for that. But when you're in a room or when you're moderating a room, sometimes there are 40, 50, you know, moderators on. But what happens is, and I'm sure you can relate is, Sometimes you'll meet, you'll hear someone's voice or what they're saying really speaks to you. And you're kind of like, I'm going to slide into their DMs or I'm going to connect with them off the app. That's yeah. what happened with us. So I'm very grateful that we got that opportunity. One other thing I'll mention is I'm originally from Bosnia, came here to the U.S. as a refugee back in the early 90s due to all the stuff going on back then. Okay. Well, as you know, or you've been following me enough, I believe in tradition and heritage. So I love that background. What? sets you apart from other lifestyle bloggers? What is it that you do if I'm quickly scrolling that is like, okay, I'm going to go to her page for this? Skincare. So you would come to my page for skincare advice. You would come to my page for skincare reviews. And I think the thing that really sets me apart, and I think you can probably agree with this too, is I'm very like cut and dry. I'm very real. If a product sucks, if something really sucks, if the fit isn't right, I'm going to tell you that it's not right. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. And I think originally when I started, 
I was, I wasn't comfortable on camera. So mm-hmm. a lot of the YouTubers back then were talking like Michelle Fawn, Zoella, some of those really big beauty gurus were the ones making all the YouTube videos. So I was too uncomfortable doing that. So I decided to blog, but I would tell people, I would say, do not spend $45 on this eyeshadow palette. It is the worst thing I've ever tried. And then I would say this mascara, that's $10. You have to go to the store and get it right mm-hmm. away. And I was doing that in writing. And I think that was where it was kind of that authentic vibe of like, this is really good or this is really bad. There was no money to be made. And not to say that now that there is money to be made, I would lie. But I think originally I was just in it because I wanted to tell the truth to people and say, Mm. run to the store, get this product or don't. (laughs) You have a very magnetic big sister vibe. Like there's this like unpretentious, relatable, but it's not like I'm putting on relatability because I know it'll get me engagement. It's more like, it's more like just, Hey, like here I am. Like I could be your friend. I could be your neighbor, but here I am. I'm your blogger. And it's, it's attractive. It, It keeps you looking. And, and so I guess that leads me into my first question, which is how did you get into this industry and why? So I got into this industry originally because it was a senior college project and you're going to die. I loved electronic dance music. I think I mentioned this to you before and I was like, I'm going to write, basically I have to write 10 blog posts about one topic. That was the project. And this was like my final writing class to get my degree. And she said, you have to create a blog. And back then it was mostly blogger. WordPress was like too expensive. It was too hard to like code or develop or do any of that. So I created a blog on Blogger. I wrote 10 blog posts about electronic dance music. All of those posts, if anyone tries to find them, are no longer live. <laughs> they have been archived since then. But I would share what outfits to wear, what events were happening, how to stay hydrated. Obviously kept it PG. It wasn't like, we're going to go get crazy and wild because my professor was grading this. So that's actually how it started. <laughs> my friends at the time said that reading my writing made them feel like it was a casual conversation. They could hear my voice through the way that I wrote. It wasn't professional writing. It wasn't like, you know, with the punctuation and the sourcing mm-hmm. and all that boring business writing stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just me talking conversationally. And so I continued on and I was doing the beauty stuff. I was spending several hundred dollars a month at Old Ten Sephora And I was reviewing, basically spending all the money I was making back then on Mm. beauty. And I was just saying, this is good. This is bad. I would love to talk with listeners and viewers about the evolution of a career with, as an influencer, how you monetize, how to really successfully pitch yourself to brands and how to negotiate on your own behalf. And I know that the timing is not bad because you posted stories exactly in this conversation. So we can talk about that as well. I love these questions. This is actually one of my favorite things. And my husband thinks long-term agency is the route for us because I love Mm. teaching people and sharing these things because a lot of people don't know how to negotiate. They don't know how to turn it into a business or they think that it's not a real job. And I was just joking with one of my podcast guests today saying, everyone just thinks I'm sitting around with like my champagne and my cappuccinos and I'm in Italy on a yacht. And that's really not the reality of the situation. A lot of time is spent doing the admin work and actually like, head to the computer, not really talking to people. So I think when I first realized this could be a job is when I got my first $50 deal. I was so excited. It was $50, right? And it just started like to catapult over time. It was just like, okay, this person wants me to review the new mascara. This person wants me to do the new foundation. And so over time, it just became something that I was reviewing products for brands and they would send me whatever it was, tell me to test it. And I just realized that I needed an accountant 
early on, I realized I needed an account because I didn't know mm. the business side of things in terms of taxes. Mm. Over time, I realized you also need an attorney in case, mm -hmm. you know, poo-poo hits the fan. You're like, I need somebody who knows <laughs> how to deal with these situations and how yeah. to defend me. Then I realized over time, I'm probably going to need to hire a photographer if I'm going to be in the photos. Because back mm. then in 2015, 16, you weren't thinking about a tripod. The selfie camera also didn't exist on phones back then. There was only one right. camera. And you're like, am I even in the shot? So there's all these yeah. challenges you had back then. And you kind of learn them over time. So I think starting now is so much easier than it was back then. Because now you have guides, you have books, you have blog posts. You can learn about the business side of things really well and not have to go back to us just trying to figure it out five, yeah. six years ago where there wasn't really any resources. Now on the pricing and negotiation, I'd love to dive into that conversation and yeah. specific questions because I love helping people get paid. My biggest thing is if you have a thousand followers or if you have 10,000, you can get paid for your work. There's so many mm -hmm. strategic ways to make that money, you know, do other things. So I love, I love this conversation. <laughs> I love your enthusiasm. Of course, <laughs> of course, we're covering it, honey. So how long, um, you know, did you start off saying, I have an action plan, I'm going for this, or did it evolve organically? And if so, how long did that take? Because very often people are starting out, they feel like they're treading water and they're not sure if they're going anywhere and they don't know, does this mean that it's not sticking and I need to recalibrate or do I need to have patience? And, you know, so I guess that's kind of yeah. what my question is. This is probably the biggest question I get as well, because people want to know how quickly can they monetize? And also, does their content suck? Because they're like, you know, why am I not getting followers? Why am I not getting deals? Why is this? Why are these things not happening for me, but they're happening for other people? Mm -hmm. And honestly, there is a platform that's really popular and it has, it's called Four F-O-H-R. Mm -hmm. I think the last time I logged in there, there was 220,000 creators on there. That's 220,000 people who know about the platform who are logged in. Right. If you are any sort of creator, the competition is steep. There's a lot of people doing this. You have to be in people's faces to some degree and you have to hustle. You have to pitch yourself. And people always say like at my level and I'm like, I'm not at any level. We all have to pitch ourselves just because I have some numbers doesn't mean that I don't have to go pitch a hundred brands each week and be like, Hey, I'm at Aletta. Nice to meet you because there's no way they're going to know that everybody is there. And so when it comes to building your brand, it's probably going to be hard to go viral at this point. Really, it's in the consistency. If you want to do this, there's going to be a lot of grit. There's going to be a lot of perseverance. You're going to have nights where you're like, why the F am I doing this? I suck. And you just have to take those thoughts and internalize them and move past that because your content is good. So right out of the gate, you're being kind of, I don't know what the word is, but they're not showing your content. So you really have a struggle from the very get-go. And I think knowing that your content is good, being consistent is really how you're going to build that audience. And people are going to remember because that's what they need to do. They need to remember to go to your content. Otherwise, Instagram's just going to say, well, these people aren't even searching for Adeletta. Why am I going to show her content to anybody? There's always like little pockets, you know, with Clubhouse, it was the same thing. You get on Clubhouse, you gain a thousand followers on Clubhouse, probably about 500, 600 people from that thousand are going to come follow you on Instagram because yeah. you pique their interest. So there's like little ways that you can grow, but you have to be ahead of the curve in a lot of these cases. 
Right now, I think the best way to kind of grow would be to go on Thriller, which is like that TikTok competitor. They're paying a lot of big celebrities and TikTokers to use that app. And I think there is, if you can catch the momentum there, you can convert over to Instagram because at the end of the day, the biggest player when it comes down to getting paid as a content creator is Instagram, which sucks, but it is the name of the game. That's where most advertisers want to spend their money. So really you're kind of working all these other areas to bring people to Instagram. Right. Okay. Hi, Miss Brilliant Social Media <laughs> Maestro. I had so many thoughts. That just that paragraph that you said could have been our entire conversation. Thriller. Let's talk about that. Yes. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> go. Okay. Thriller is basically. I would. I don't want to say it's a copy of TikTok, but it is. It looks the same. It's the same type of platform. You post in the same way. It kind of has the same feed. It's another competitor of this short form video. They are paying a lot of huge TikTokers and celebrities right now to post their content rather than posting it on TikTok, post it on Thriller. We'll pay you a lot of money. It's like advertisement by the platform itself, which I think is really smart because yeah. we finally come to this age where now even IGTV is going to become monetized. It's yeah. like about time Instagram because YouTube has been paying creators since the beginning, since the very beginning. Instagram and Facebook never did. But then I think it was the TikTok creator marketplace that started this like onset of, okay, everyone's going to pay. Now Snapchat is also paying creators to create content. Even if the platform doesn't end up taking off, and I'm talking about Thriller in particular, even if it doesn't take off, you can still gain an audience, but it's always good to be kind of ahead of the curve. And Mm. I think that's the biggest lesson I've learned over the years. I don't know if this was hyperbole, but you said (laughs) sometimes I need to pitch a hundred times in a week. Yeah. What accurately, how often are you pitching? Um, You know, how do you simplify your pitch deck, curate your pitch so that it's specific to brands, but also create the greatest efficiency? You know, that could be a full time job in and of itself. Great that you say that because I've had people pitch me and that is their only job. And they're either my assistant just pitching or their manager just pitching. And so then I focus on content. Um, Over the years, I've realized that nobody can advocate for me or pitch me better than I can pitch myself. And really it comes down to, I don't need someone else to do it for me in the fact that I've built the relationships. I've been doing this long enough that I know the contact at, you know, Estee Lauder or Kiehl's or L'Oreal. I don't need a manager to take 20% of my deal for negotiating a deal I could have done myself. Having said that, having a manager is a little bit more professional in terms of the PR agency side. They kind of take you more seriously. They're not going to lowball you. You're going to be able to get that additional maybe 15 to 20% on top of your normal pricing because someone is representing you. I have a really detailed blog post where I interviewed a couple different PR agencies and they gave me the best tips on how to pitch yourself in 2021. So a couple of things right out of the gate. The title of the email that you're sending, I feel like when I first started pitching back in the day, the title always had to be like X of the brand, X attitude, collaboration. That was the title. Everyone knows that title. It was like, you know, I'm I'm looking at my products like L'Oreal X attitude collab. (laughs) That's so funny. I'll do like partnership opportunity, baby. (laughs) And then like the email will be super professional, but like, who's this? you know, girl with so much spice that's writing yeah. baby to our PR contact. Let's open it. And yeah. like, that's, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm going to let you know I'm spicy in the subject. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And that's actually something that they would open, which I'm really glad you mentioned because 
what some of these agencies told me and what I know to be true, because I do have, and I'm sure you do too, friends on the PR side. So they give you like little tips. They're like, you need to catch my attention in the title. So a good title would be, um, you know, recent beauty video has a hundred million views on TikTok or mm. recent Instagram reels went viral with 200,000 views on Instagram or whatever. Mm. Something that's like, why am I even going to open this email? Because mm. when you think to a L'Oreal or any of these brands, they're getting thousands of emails a day. So you have to get their attention right out of the gate. A couple of key tips, and I'll make this kind of quick so people don't have to listen to this whole thing if they just want to. No, I'm, I'm, ri I'm riveted. I'm riveted. In the actual email, the first email, your cold, your cold pitch, you've never talked to this person before. You never want to attach anything to that email because the attachment is actually going to typically end up in spam. It's going to get caught by that firewall. It's going to end up in spam. Same thing with links sometimes. I always recommend doing just like one paragraph, super quick intro yourself then asking them what are they looking for and then telling them how you can help them. Oftentimes what people do is they're pitching and they're like, it's $2,000, it's $5,000. And it's like, whoa, whoa, we, you need to like, you, we need to talk first before yeah. we talk about money. And I think the biggest thing is you want relationships because I use this example all the time, but someone that I've worked with for now, probably six or seven years, she started at Matt Cosmetics as an intern. Then she went to another company, then she went to another company, and now she has her own agency. And I followed yeah. her through her career, and it was all about relationships. Sometimes she's like, I have an extra $1,000, what can we do? And now I have an extra $2,000, what can we do? It is all down to the relationship. You can have the most amazing numbers, and people are like, oh, well, I forgot to you know, pitch you, or I forgot to even yeah. present you to the client. So you have to really build the relationship. So having any attachments is probably going to end up in spam. Having too many links, things of that nature, again, it's going to end up in spam. And people, again, super quick and short. That was the thing that they critiqued me on, actually. I sent them what I was sending. They're like, Ada, this is way too long. Three, four paragraphs, if they see walls of text, they're just archiving. And they're going to say, I'm going to read this later. They're never going to read it later because their inbox is going to keep coming in. And the email gets lost. Even though I know what you're saying to be accurate, this is one of my hardest things. I'm like, and I, and we've talked about this before where I'm like, okay, I identify as a writer. I'm an interior design training. Yes. I'm in wellness and fitness. I'm also a recipe developer. Um, oh, and I'm also in lifestyle and I'm also in the mommy world. Yeah. Okay. How are we going to capsulize this into a short or a short span? And it took almost years of tweaking where now I say it in a sentence and a half. It's quick. You sometimes have to let go of some adjectives of how yeah. you define yourself because you're not going to fit it all in. I, I, I recently read a book, um, Atomic Habits by James I love Spears. that book. With permission, I'd like to share one. Yes. Um, one of the things that he said, and this speaks to both of us, it's not about being the best lifestyle blogger. And it's not about being the best interior designer. What it is, is, is creating your unique combination that nobody else has combining them into this unique thing that there is no competition because if no one else is doing that, you've created a new identity. Yeah. And I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think with Atomic Habits too, there's so much in there. It, it's exactly what you said. You don't need to be the best. You don't have to be the fastest runner in a group. You don't have to lift the most weights. You have to be the most consistent and the most persistent. The people who end up on top are the ones who literally scratch their way through it. I really think that with blogging, I can't tell you how many people, I'm sure you heard this too, people just give up. It took me three years. It was three, three and a half years of black hole money 
before I made that first $50. Now I feel like you can make money even with a thousand followers. You can, you know, make 50 bucks here, hundred bucks there. Like there are brands who pay micro because that's what they're focused on. And they know that micro content creators have a really, really engaged audience. In some cases, they're so much more powerful than someone with 5 million followers when people don't see their content. The brand can't even sell to these people that are following me. So right. there's definitely strategy now. As this mm -hmm. has evolved, people have gotten smarter. Consumers are smarter. Brands are smarter. Everyone's smarter. And it's just so cool that we can track it this way. Because as you know, traditional marketing, a billboard, I don't know how many people saw it. I don't know if anybody right. went to this business after seeing a billboard. Like it was right. just like this hokey marketing that we saw, but it's all we had. So now we can really track it to down to a T and figure out well, how is this going to work? What's the impact? What's the actual right. ROI? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I just want to circle back to what you were saying about how you have to claw your way um, there. The key to consistently reaching your goals is falling in love with boredom, meaning what we seek is novelty. What we seek is something new. So we'll even sabotage our success because we're bored of what we're doing and yeah. we want something new or we're burnt out. But all those people who have reached peak, they don't have more passion or even more motivation than us plebeians. But what they do have is they show up even on the days they don't want to. You know, it's funny that you mentioned this because I've had friends who have started this and done the same thing. They're like, I'm going to take a month off and then a month becomes two months, two months becomes three months. And they're like, I don't want to do this because it's too hard to go back. I have the complete opposite problem. And I know it's good to take social media breaks, but I'm kind of on that opposite path of like, I feel good sharing and talking to people and before I even joined the live you were saying like I've been really craving like this social interaction you spoke a lot about you know being able to make money regardless of your follower count yes. so which brings me to asking you this unless you have a very close circle of friends in the industry which I am so grateful that I have people are not sharing what they charge for things yeah so where are creators coming up with these pricings? How do you figure it out? You know, it's a multi-layered question. When do you know that, okay, they're, they're, they're on the low end, but you want to work with the brand anyway, when to kind of let that go? How does that work? This is a really good question. And honestly, it's one of those that I feel like th this goes back to um, the, the Writers Guild. This is why they've now gotten involved with this because they're seeing that there is no like there's no collaboration at all. People, some people are charging so much and other people are charging like $50. And you're like, wait a minute, we've got to figure out some sort of middle ground. Right. The traditional equation that you're kind of talking about is that for every a hundred thousand followers, and this was kind of more true on Instagram, YouTube is a little different, but on Instagram it was every a hundred thousand followers, you would charge a thousand dollars. So if you have 300,000 followers, you would charge $3,000. Now you start adding elements. Let's say you were on the bachelor. Let's say you're verified. You can charge a little bit more. And so the equation still kind of stands. But what happens oftentimes is when someone comes back to me and they're like, let's just say I told them whatever they asked for is going to be $3,000. They come back and they're like, you know what? No, we think it's worth $300. And I'm like, what planet? You don't do that with a photographer, a videographer. You don't go back and say it's you're worth this. But mm -hmm. we have that issue in this industry where they'll mm -hmm. say, well, your last three videos only have 10,000 views. So we just, we think it's only $500 worth. It's like, no, this is a scope of work. I have a team. I have to mm -hmm. hire people to help me edit, film, create this. There is a flat fee cost on this end. And so I think the standard right now, and again, this is mostly Instagram. I think that standard still kind of holds 
but you can charge a little bit more if your content is incredible. Let's say you're also going to give them usage rights. Oh, you can charge like so much more if you're going to give them the ability to repurpose your content and right. use it in advertising or use it however they want to. Right. So I think what that boils down to is what is your price? I kind of want to dial back that equation because you know, there, let's say somebody like me, we're not talking about a hundred or 300,000. We're talking creators in the 20 to 80 K range. And I think almost there is even less kind of regulation around the pricing because the way I've created my pricing is I have figured out exactly as you said, what it costs for me to do it. And don't get me wrong. We all have moments of doubt where you're like, why am I like, what? I should be maybe a little bit of a sellout. Should I be a little bit of a sellout? <laughs> but no, the answer is absolutely not, honey. Mm-hmm. You know, so, what's funny that you say that there are so many brands that I love that I'm going to, I will probably never work with hot Cheetos, but I love hot Cheetos. I'm right. a beauty lifestyle. I'm talking about right. fitness, like being healthy, all of this. Hot Cheetos don't fall into the mix of that. So even right. though I do love that, it's not a good business decision long-term. And I think so like you have to figure out from a business standpoint, right. who am I going to attract by what I'm doing right now? So um, I would like to talk a little bit about, you know, quick rapid fire pros and cons of the platforms, what you're seeing in each of them. Okay. So Pinterest, people are sleeping on Pinterest. If you right now already have some of these other platforms, utilize Pinterest because there is a huge opportunity with their idea pins. They call them story pins in the beta, but they're actually now called idea pins. Pinterest is actually the top driver of traffic to my blog. If you make really cute pins that are on brand, you're going to end up getting more traffic to your blog. TikTok, Thriller, YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels, all the same thing, four different platforms. My recommendation is to try to utilize one video Let's say your video is 15 seconds long. Try to chop it up in different ways. Maybe move a couple clips around and then start to post on all of these platforms. Because if it doesn't go viral on TikTok or it doesn't make it on Reels, it could potentially go viral on YouTube Shorts. It could potentially go viral on Thriller. You're giving yourself four opportunities on four completely different platforms. And now if we want to talk about Snapchat, Snapchat, I was, I'm an OG Snapchatter. That's where I started my stories and was sharing my whole life. And that's actually where I started to grow in the very beginning. Back in, back in the day, I was was kind of started with YouTube when I was like kind of awkward. And I was like, hi guys, I'm at I'm like hiding from the camera. I'm like, I'm here, but I'm not. I have always used Final Cut Pro. iMovie is the same thing, which is free. But what I do is I will create clips, whether it's on my camera or my phone, and I'll edit in Final Cut Pro. Then there is nothing on that video. That makes it so easy. But if you do voiceover, you can record the voiceover once in Final Cut Pro or iMovie and then share it across platforms and use different music. But a lot of the times what you're doing, and I've noticed this recently, is I will do a trend that's trending on both TikTok and IG Reels but the same clip of that music is not on both p- platforms because yeah. whoever signed the music and the, yeah. the artist only did like, you know, seconds 10 to 30. And then TikTok has seconds 45 to a minute and 20 seconds. And you're like, shoot, I should have planned this yeah. a little better, but you can usually finagle and try to find something else that could be relevant. Cause a lot of the stuff, I mean, it's different for you with talking videos. Cause I think that you can probably use more epidemic epidemic sound and just use your own sounds. Because if you're not doing like some of the trends, like I'm thinking of the fashion one where it's like, there's like seven hits, 
you can do that with pretty much anything. You can find so many sounds where you can make those easy transitions of like, right. boom, boom, boom. Like there's so much music that has a beat that drops. So it's kind of easy to find those. But um, yeah, I think that definitely is something that hinders me too. Even though I have the original, I'm like, oh, I want to find another caption. I don't want to pick the, the song. I have to go through the library again. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. Going back to like what we were saying earlier, when people get really down on themselves, if you're not doing everything, everything you really can't get down on yourself like if you're not taking the extra step to remove logos if you're not taking the extra step to make sure that your camera is the highest quality you're not doing everything that you can so just don't get down on yourself just change these small little things that could potentially take you to the next level we have a certain standard and a quality that we want to present and it kind of goes back to i don't want to waste people's time if it's not something i would personally watch and something bothers me I'm not gonna post it. Right. I've asked people in the past, I'm like, my YouTube camera kind of went in and out of focus in a 12 minute video. Should I still post this or are you okay with me redoing it and I'll post the video tomorrow? At like 98%, so just post it. We don't yeah. care. If in order to pull that off to let's say that level of professionalism, I'm putting it in quotes because I don't necessarily yeah. think that that's the most professional, but let's just conventional professionalism. Yeah. Does that mean it would you know, exhaust you or you know, cost more money in such a way that you wouldn't be doing your show every week versus sitting on a chair and making sure your face is lit and the conversation is lit and then you do it every week and it doesn't burn you out. I mean, to Mm -hmm. me, that's a very simple math equation. You know, so these things start to hinder you. And at some point, like you said, just leave it all to the side and be consistent, do the best that you can in order to get the content out and be consistent because consistency is the most important thing, not perfectionism. And, and exactly. And it's also finding your sweet spot. For us, we are so critical of ourselves because we're in it. And we're like, we always want it to be better. Like you can't say anything is perfect because you're like, it could always have been better. I know that I could have smiled in this video more. I could have done this transition smoother. You know, you, you always have that criticism. But the person watching is like, this is fantastic. And I just think that we just have to be, we have to have more grace with ourselves and be a little less critical. (laughs) Preach on that. So before I rudely interrupted you, you were moving on to Facebook. So yes, Facebook, I really don't have anything to tell anybody about Facebook. (laughs) I feel like a lot of brands that are still focusing on Facebook are like the Nikes and the Adidas and they're spending millions a month. And I just can't be bothered. I feel like Facebook at this point, you have to spend so much money in order to get those ads to reach people. I think people are on Facebook for family and personal person for me personally, that's my opinion. So I don't necessarily run any business elements there. Um, And then Twitter, 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 Twitter. I love Twitter. (laughs) I have, I feel like Twitter is definitely more of that news source it is also a really great place for you to share new content. So when you have a new YouTube video, when you have a new blog post, when you're wanting to talk about whatever's going on with news, I feel like Twitter is actually really powerful, but I don't feel like it's a good platform for growth. I feel like it's more of, again, talking to people in the media, people in the press, but I really, as you can tell, I'm short form content, short form video. I think that's really where we've moved into video is king. And to be honest, it's so annoying because, you know, let's say as a recipe developer, I could take a beautiful picture of whatever I made, post the recipe, and that was a really good post. But now, instead of taking that photo, which maybe took me 13 minutes, it takes two hours. And I'm like, yes, I'm so much busier than I've ever been. I'm not making any more money. I'm not bringing in more business. 
I'm spending so much time doing videos because now every brand wants a video. To be a creative with writing, with video content, you need to come up with a concept. And sometimes you're not feeling creative. Like sometimes I'm like, I don't want to do anything creative. You know, writer's block, video creator's block. Mm -hmm, like you gotta mm -hmm. come up with some good ideas that haven't been done a million times. And that takes time in and of itself. We started off talking a little bit about building a brand, figuring out how to pitch yourself, monetize, in general, social media. What kind of evolved was we were talking about it with as people who have been in the industry and just like our our vernacular is of those who know what know what we're doing by now. We're throwing yeah. around. So let's pull I want to pull that back a little bit. And I'm, you know, kind of let's role play. I'm a beginner and I'm debating doing this and being worried about uh, watermarks and, and hearing about all the different platforms is stressing me out. And it's making me wonder, should I dive in at all? So how would you leave us off in like a kind of encouraging, you know, a couple of quick tips to kind of say, don't worry, honey, there's space for you. And we could make it happen in a beginner, not intermediate, not advanced, but still yield remarkable results. So I think the biggest thing with this is going into it, yes, you don't need to necessarily worry about all of these elements because you are just starting. And if anybody went back to anything that I did back in 2012 or 2013, it's embarrassing. It's not my finest work, but we all start somewhere. And I think that is really the key. My personal perspective is going in with one topic in mind that you are going to be an expert in. You are going to hone in that audience. And then as you grow, you can really start to expand into other things because that's what how I did and that's what worked for me. Don't worry about all the minutia. There is so much in this space. And honestly, it changes every day. And I will say in terms of the best advice I could give, you are not what your numbers show. Mm. You, it does not matter how many followers you have. It does not matter how many likes you have, how many comments you have, how many people saved your post. None of that matters to your actual worth. Yeah. Who would you be if it went away tomorrow? That's the question you have to ask yourself and be happy with the answer you can give yourself. And I think you make a great point from the business side of things. If you are getting started on this, don't just live on Instagram. Don't just have one thing. That's why I'm on so many platforms because let's say tomorrow Pinterest shuts down. Well, I, I still have eight other platforms. That way you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. The most important right. thing that you can have is a blog and a newsletter list because no matter what, even if MailChimp or MailerLite or any of those right. marketing platforms are gone, you have a list of people who have subscribed. You can email them via Gmail. You can right. email them via Outlook. You still have those that information from people. So those are, I always tell people, website and newsletter because you are always going to have those people's information. All the social media can go away. I would love to tell you that every minute of this conversation was riveting enjoyable, entertaining, and full of practical, digestible tips. It has been an honor to have you on. <laughs> you are the best. I love your personality. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. And I feel like we just like vibe off we each just, other's like, vibe. energy. <laughs> I feel the exact same way. This was so fun. Thank you for being you. This was an honor. Thank you so much for having me. And that's all for today, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Listen, if you've enjoyed this episode, I would love if you subscribed. And if you're really next level vibing, leave me a positive review so we can keep the circle of positivity going. Of course, you can find our guest's information in the show notes and find more of me on my Instagram and website at Rifki Rabinowitz and RifkiRabinowitz.com. Have a good one, okay? Stay cool.